welcome to another episode of Bench Talk. I'm your host, Tom Gerrard. This week, I catch up with Melbourne-based artist Deviate. How you going? Good, mate. Thanks for uh, taking the time to sit down and have a chat. Uh, no problem. Yeah, so um, we're up here for the uh, Darwin Street Art Festival. You Certainly know, are. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think either of us consider ourselves to be street artists, but um, it's good to be up in the heat painting some walls. Yeah, it is, and it is. It's... Uh... It's always nice to get to travel to new places and, and put up some work. Yeah. Bloody hot. Yeah. <laughs> nice to be in your air-conditioned air hotel room for a little while. Yeah, I know. We've both been, we've all been put up at the Hilton. It's pretty, uh, yeah, yeah pretty good. Life's good, mate. Life's it good. Is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so have you, have you taken part in many of these type of festivals before? Um, yeah, I've done, done a couple. Um, mostly kind of locally based ones. This is probably the furthest one I've travelled to that I've been invited to where they've kind of got me out here. Um, done a few other ones where I've kind of covered my own flights and stuff like that. But yeah, it's um, it's really nice to uh, yeah get taken care of really well and check out an amazing place. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, um, you know, they've done a good job of looking after us. That's yeah. all I can say. I've, this is the first time. I've done other festivals but it's sort of like you rock up there's some paint there's a wall yeah and yeah. that's it like i haven't been like flown out and you know part of something bigger yeah no yeah. it's good man it's good it's yeah. um it's nice to get rewarded for all your hard work and um and feel like you're you're kind of you know being successful i guess in what you what you're choosing to do exactly yeah, it's been um, really hot up here, like mid-30s every day, and you're coming onto the wet season, so it's really humid. Yep, yep. Um, like, how have you been coping with the heat? Ah, uh, I haven't really been. <laughs> a lot of breaks, a lot of water, um, stinky hotel towel wrapped around my head, going in the esky every five minutes. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's, it's interesting painting up here, because there's a lot of things that you don't really think about back home, or back in Melbourne, that you have to really think about here so, you know if you don't drink a couple of liters and every few hours you, you're done you know like it's you're going to be feeling like absolute crap so it's it's a lot of that and just the shade too it's kind of timing your timing your walls so you're basically painting in the sun if if you're painting the sun you it's not good <laughs> so yeah, yeah shade all the way yeah, because I find like just catching up with people, yeah, everyone's on a different timetable because everyone's walls are facing in different directions. Yeah, yeah. It's so, like yep. for me, I had, I had two sessions. I had um, morning session, you know, 8 till 11.30 yep. and then the sun will come over. It's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, just chill out in air conditioning all day and get some yep. work, just do drawing and stuff. And then I'll be back out there, at, you know, from 4.30 till it got dark at 7. <laughs> and then... Um, yeah, it's just weird just doing it in shifts. Yeah. People will come up and try and talk to you and that's like, man, yeah. I'm on, a, I'm on got, the clock. Yeah, I'm a, I don't have much time here, you know, I'm racing the sun or yeah. racing, yeah. you know, the sun in either direction, you know. Yeah, no, totally. And I mean, obviously it'd be great painting at night too, but then there's other issues with, you know, lifts making noise and lighting, can't really see what you're doing. So, yeah. yeah. So, enough about the festival for now. I'm more uh, interested in finding out about... Uh, about your career as an artist. Yep. Like um, you like I first heard of you through doing graffiti. Yep. Is that was that your first introduction to art? Um, oh, yes and no, I guess. I mean, I always was drawing when I was a kid. Um, me and my mates used to sit around and draw Ninja Turtle cartoons and stuff like that. So I guess I've always been kind of into that side of it. And then uh, 
got into skateboarding like a lot of people did and that kind of led into into graph mm -hmm. so um yeah but i guess that's probably the first first sort of thing that i took seriously i guess in terms of art um i don't know if we really thought of it as art at the start but uh <laughs> certainly certainly evolved into that yeah it's weird because you see it as like an, an activity or something or yeah. a scene or a uh yeah. I don't know. Like, I was the same for years. I never considered it to be art. And I think there's a lot of writers who have been doing it for, you know, X amount of years who still don't consider it to be art. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of the public as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's that's that's kind of why I like it though. You know, there's no rules. There's no, there's no set structure to what it is. You know, it's kind of each person has their own opinion and mm. that's kind of what's cool about it. Yeah. So how'd you get into graffiti? Um, I don't know. I guess living up, I was living, grew up uh, in Glen Huntley on the Frankston line, so mum's house was right next to the line, so always walking along the tracks, looking at graph, uh, I guess that area too, because it was a split from the Frankston Dandelion, so had riders from Frankston and Dandelion coming through the area, so I got, you know, a lot of, a lot of really good riders that were influencing me, I guess, from just the stuff I saw. Um... But in terms of actually getting into it, didn't really start. We were we were tagging around a bit, but nothing too serious. Um, did a few. Oh, actually, a few of my mates and I used to. Um, it was when RB7 was killing it, and we used to uh, chuck some RB7 tags on our backpacks at school. I thought we were pretty cool, and then uh, got pulled up at the train station by the transits. And then, uh, yeah, two weeks later, our first house raid. <laughs> Did they think you were RB? Yep. Oh, right. <laughs> three, three, uh, three, uh, 14-year-old kids, yeah, thought, thought we were RB7, so that was, that was pretty funny. And, uh, they realised pretty quick that, uh, we had absolutely nothing to do with that, so. Yeah. Just yeah. fans. Yeah, yeah, just fans, and, um, I guess from there, just, yeah, got back into the skating, stuff like that, and, um, then one of my mates had an old copy of Hype Mag. So we uh, used to check that out and, you know, practice doing some outlines and stuff. And then one night we were like, oh, we should, should go out and do it. So we um, went to Coles, acquired some spray paint and, uh, and yeah, just went down the line and did a few things on some electrical boxes and got a bit of a buzz out of that. And then went back next weekend, did some more stuff. And yeah, it kind of went from there and then did that for a few years without really meeting too many other guys and then kind of got influenced got introduced into the scene and yeah yeah rest is history i guess yeah so when you were like um like coming up did you have any mentors or anyone like that anyone showing nah, you the ropes like was really. just you and your mates starting out together at yeah, the same time yeah so like, i mean it's something like around <laughs> something i always try now especially if, if you know i'm working with young kids and stuff like that i always try and you know, pass on some wisdom because it's something I never really had when I was starting in the scene. And I think it's, um, yeah, I'll, I had to learn all my lessons the hard way, I guess. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, I would, I definitely would have liked to have some mentors, but I think it's also good to discover stuff yourself. Mm. Yeah, I know, like, back, back in our era when we were first starting out, like, it was a big thing to have a mentor, like, showing yeah. you the ropes. Giving you a tag. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, like, I had it. I was lucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, I learned a lot off them. But also, they, uh, I don't know, 
it's uh, they put me down a lot. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> it was, yeah. It was hard because they had very high standards. They've been yeah. doing it a lot longer than I had. Yeah. So um, yeah, but it was just it was one of those never good enough. Yeah. In their eyes, I guess it goes both ways. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's a positive and a negative, and yeah, it's, it's cool. Yeah. You think um, I think the uh, internet acts as a mentor to a lot of people these days. Yeah, which again is good and bad. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's definitely killed that whole kind of local style kind of thing, but. Mm. At the same time, you know, kids now have access to unlimited amount of information if they really want to seek it out, you know? Yeah. So, like, how'd you go about, like, developing your style and then, like, working your way up in the scene? Um, I guess just painting. Painting and painting, drawing and sketching. It's uh, one of those things I find if I don't sketch for a while, my pieces tend to start looking the same. So, I think it's one of those things if, if you don't sketch enough, it's, I mean, this is just my perspective. Obviously some guys never sketch and they're mm. doing amazing different burners every single time. But for me, I, I kind of need that, that constant sketching to evolve my ideas and just come up with new, new things and new approaches on the letters. Yeah. There's also like, I think it's the same with so many different things. It's like just doing the work. Yeah. Getting the work done. Yeah. It's like, it's going to, push you help you develop faster but also help get you noticed oh 100 you out and about if you just do one thing here yeah two months later something else yeah yeah it's the same with anything if you if you do something over and over and over again you're just going to get good at it you know Mm -hmm. and look i was i'm not going to lie man i was a massive toy for years you know like i had no style Mm. but i just kept working at it and eventually kind of found my own groove and yeah yeah went from there yeah well i think who starts out being awesome at any oh it does really, some dudes do you know talent. yeah well there are a lot of dudes that have natural talent but yeah. i guess from experience they're the kind of ones that don't stick with it because for mm-hmm. them it's too easy you yeah. know so they don't they don't get their same reward out of it yeah i've had that same conversation with people like, yeah you know just saying oh you know people that could just turn their hand to whatever they're it's sort of it's so easy for them to pick up but also so easy for them to put down yeah totally and whereas if you put really worked hard yeah. to get good you're just like man i'm not giving this up no no way no way <laughs> you know put in so much work you know and i guess yeah and it's also painting with new people you know every time if you just paint with the same people every time you're only going to have those opinions and those philosophies and those styles you know so it's mm. it's painting with as many people as you can you're going to learn new tricks new techniques new ways of looking at graph um and traveling as well you know mm. massive massive yeah. influence yeah. So I remember around um, like 2000, 2001, around then, like we we're both uh, putting SDM yep. together. Was that like a big uh, sort of validation that you'd... Um, oh, mate, yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, for good. me, that was probably, you know, one of the big crews that were active when I was growing up. And, and yeah, I mean, I looked up to all those guys. So actually getting chucked in was yeah, a great thing. I remember, you know, meeting one of the guys with uh with a mate um because we used to catch the last train out to do track sides because none of us had cars back then so just catch the last train out paint then walk back home and i uh, bumped into one of them on the train and they'd seen our work and you know it's just amazing someone that you look up to like that actually you know recognizes your own stuff yeah i guess it gives you um like a big boost especially when there's someone that you've been looking at that says, yeah. oh, I've, I've actually, I've, I've seen what you've been doing. And yeah. Yeah, you're good, man, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. totally, man, totally. 
and it's yeah it gives you that validation and makes you you know and it's the same with even just your mates seeing your stuff up you know it's oh you know it was that thing you know you'd go out on the weekend do your track sides monday morning everyone on the way to school seeing your stuff oh i checked saw your new thing there you know it's yeah i guess i don't know if that still happens with kids these days because everything's on instagram and stuff yeah. but so people will be um like looking at it on the, on instagram as they're going past yeah the train. <laughs> yeah totally totally <laughs> but um yeah, it's a it's a real buzz that you get when you uh, catch a train past your your own yeah, work, isn't it? It's amazing. It's a, yeah, I don't think um, you know, there's like a lot of artists I've interviewed on here, and a lot of people listening to this have probably never experienced something like that. But um, when you're uh, you know, paint something in at night time, and it's and you go past and you're on the train, yeah. and you know that there's so many people who are going to see it. Yeah, so. yeah, it's a it's a great feeling, you know? And a lot of the time, you've, you've never seen that thing, really, because you paint it in night. Mm. You don't really know what it looks like. Yeah. It's only until you go past on the train or you go down to get photos that you you really see, you know? Yeah. If you so, use that wrong colour. Yeah, I was yeah. just about to say the same thing. It's like, oh, I thought I'd used yellow, not red or yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The old, the old red fill, blue outline that looks identical in the dark. In the dark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you, uh, when you first started painting, was it like, like you were painted at night, so you were sort of learning the tricks of the trade, but in, in the dark? Yeah, 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 totally. And using crap paint that we got from Coles, you know, so mm. just, you know, $2 paint, crappy valves, crappy nozzles, and, you know, chucking cardboard under, doing all these little things, and yeah, and then even when we started using good paint, you know, just, you know, shaving tuxins down, all these kind of tricks, mixing paint, getting the die marks, all that kind of stuff. I think a lot of a lot of people miss out on that now, and it really gives you those fundamental kind of knowledge about how a spray can works, and you know, taking the pressure out of a can, how you do all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. These days, it's all set up for you. you yeah, know? yeah. Which is awesome. You yeah. know, it's can't complain. But no, no, no. I think yeah. I just. It's not that I, th- yeah, I just think they're missing out on that because it's mm. it's a kind of cool thing to learn, you know. If you if you can do a really good piece with a can of export, then you're laughing, man, because you know you can obviously if you get good paint in your hands, it's even better. Yeah, it's weird. It's like yeah, it's a double edged sword where it's you know you got all the good stuff now, and people can just pick up the tools and you know be quite you know good with them straight away. Yeah, yeah. But then at the same time, it's um. You know, you think back to those days before all the good paint had yeah. arrived and everything, and it was, it was, you know, you'd use shit a lot. Oh, yeah, like, dude. You finally get to your outline after, you know, doing all the other work. And yeah. It's just your, your can doesn't work or it's oh, dripping man. everywhere. I ruined so many pieces with that Vivid White Dulux. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I think you get outline yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or just like the old, um, uh, the style was, you know, in a highlight on every letter yeah. kind of thing with the white. <laughs> yeah. So with, um, you know, like when you started to get known and all that, did you start like traveling as well? Like even to different states in Australia and then... Abroad? Yeah, I mean, even, even I guess before we really um, were too, too known in the scene, I guess we um, were always traveling, going up to Sydney, you know, it's one of those things, I guess, yeah, it's one, if I'd had a mentor, he probably would have told me, don't don't smash that hard where you live, go and travel and smash it and then come back. Cause you know, once you've been busted three times in your own city, it kind of sucks. Um, but yeah, I mean, traveling, it's, it's so important, man. And it just opens your eyes to so many things. Um, 
yeah, it's it's. I mean, we I've only was traveling around Australia, and then we um me and my my wife decided to move to London, so we moved over there for a year in uh, two thousand and seven, and yeah, it just totally opened my eyes to the rest of the world and. You realise you might be a big fish in your in your little city, but when it comes to the rest of the world, you know you're kind of nobody. So it's and it's also a good thing. It's kind of a nice feeling going somewhere where you can just do whatever you want and get away with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's interesting when you get, when you go abroad, or even if you're away for a long time and you come back, because it's like I don't know there was eras where I was out painting like all the time. Yeah, like really dedicated. Yeah, making sure that I was I was up. You yeah. Know? And then you go away for a couple of years and come back and it's all gone. Yeah. And then yeah, there's totally. this new generation that's come through and they're yeah. like, oh, who are you? And it's like, yeah. I've never heard of you. And it's like, what? Ah, oh, I've done all this work. And then you go to it. And then as you say, you go to a foreign city, you yep. work hard over there to get, yeah. get known. And then and then you finally get known and it's time to move on. Yeah, totally. And suddenly yeah. you're a no one again. It's, oh, 100%. Um, it's humbling. Yeah, you know? oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> and, it's, and it makes you realize those dudes that are up in those cities, like especially those big cities, man, like, they're, they're up, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's like next level compared to compared to Australian cities, man. Like, yeah, it's a different, different level. Yeah. So where have you been and what are some of the things you've done? Um, well, I guess uh, been to, so I went to London, traveled around Europe a bit there. Um, I guess I'll try and go back to Europe probably every two years if I can, if we can save up the cash just to uh, get, you know, check out some new stuff, meet new people and paint stuff I can't really paint in, in Melbourne. Yeah, so the States as well, we go there all the time. We've got really good friends. Dabs and Milo live there, so always go to LA, see them. And yeah, it's uh, it's amazing checking out different cities and different scenes. Uh, Tahiti is amazing as well. Went there for um, like a kind of graph comp, I guess you'd say. It was a bit of a weird experience, but um, it was just amazing place to go and yeah just cool to see new scenes especially where they've not really had much graffiti before so don't really get that kind of negative vibe from people they just love it you know they're just like happy for you to paint something on their wall they don't see it as you know vandalism or anything like that so with like with your painting you paint a lot in public have you had much uh negative feedback oh yeah definitely especially you know a while ago, I guess things are starting to change now. People are a bit more used to seeing art around and stuff going up in the streets. So people are a bit more open to it. But, you know, I mean, you can never please everyone. And you could be painting the most crowd-pleasing thing ever and, you know, totally removed from graffiti, but someone, just because you're using a spray can, will still have a negative association. So, yeah, yeah it's, you know, some people are just bitter and twisted and <laughs> there's not much you can do about it, you yeah. know. It is weird painting in public because you just have all sorts approach oh, yeah. you and say yeah. all sorts of weird shit. Oh, totally, so. man. And look, I'll I'll paint in public if I have to or if it's for, for work and stuff. But if it's up to me, I'd much rather paint like an abandoned building or something where I'm just doing my thing. You mm. know, I'm not, not getting hassled. For me, graph, especially like real graffiti is, it's like a stress relief. You know, it's... Mm you're not thinking about what all this other stuff you got going on in your life. You're just painting, you know? So if I'm getting hassled by a million people while I'm doing it, it kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So with, um, with your work you're doing now, like when you started doing 
graph and painting when you were younger. I guess you never dreamed that you'd sort of be in a position where you're at now where you're making a living off your art. No, well, I mean, I guess it didn't really even exist back then. You mm. know, it wasn't something that people really did. It wasn't, there wasn't really the opportunities there. I guess, you know, councils and stuff weren't really on board yet with all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I guess I always had it as a dream. I'd love to, you know, do something along those lines, but it all just kind of evolved over time, I guess. And, mm. um, yeah, things just fell into place. Yeah. And, um, like, how did, how did it all start for you? Like, because, you know, you would have been painting and then you got, like, one random job here and then... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did, um, I went to uni, did graphic design degree and that was I guess was based off you know my interest in graph and my interest in in style and letters and and design um I kind of wanted to do like a visual arts thing but mum pushed me into the graphic design thing so it was a better option um and look I still still use that the knowledge I got from that every day um but the actual industry I can't really deal with it's it's cool. I mean, if you've got a good job and you're, and you're working with good clients, it's amazing, but a lot of it's not, not so cool. So for me, it was kind of a gateway into, uh, you know, doing what I'm doing now, but having that backup of a professional kind of background in a similar industry that's not really the same, but you can, yeah, cross over a lot of stuff. Hmm. And how did, like, how did it work for you? Like, like actually doing the crossover from just painting walls and yeah you know, doing art for yourself to actually working um well i guess i was doing when i came back oh sorry when i left uni couldn't get a job in design it was every man whose dog was a designer so um we uh that was when we moved to london and um got got some work over there and then as soon as i came back it was like oh you've worked in london so wait, here's a job you know like it's just one of those things um so then did that for a bit and then was freelancing just doing um kind of temp work paid really well really brain numbingly boring but you know it was all right and then yeah just doing odd jobs here and there and then gradually um pushed it a bit more moved into um per square meter set that all up oh actually we moved in the guys had already set it up um and then that kind of got us more work coming through and then eventually it was just like yeah i don't need to do this design stuff anymore can just make a living doing jobs so yeah went from there yeah i mean it was tough it was really hard for probably the first three or four years you know it's a lot of times we had no cash just trying to hustle what we could get and um you know people don't pay on time there's not much you can do you know it's it's just one of those things so um yeah it was tough but I guess now I've kind of come through that and got got some really good clients and and kind of good reputation, so we we you know, get get a lot a lot of work, so it's good. Yeah, and in, and having gone through those hard times, there's sort of like a confidence that comes from it yeah, going on. Oh, when when you go through another one, it's like, hang on, we've been yeah. here before. We'll yeah, be, we'll be all right. Don't stress. Yeah, Something, totally. something's around the corner. You just yeah, can't yeah, see it, it right now. That's yeah. it. And I like a lot of people just can't deal with it. They'll they'll just throw it in because it is it is really annoying sometimes. You mm. get some really really shitty clients, you know, that just want stupid shit painted. And if you need the cash, you've got to do it, you know. So it's uh, yeah, it's, it's not all all the glory. And you know, a lot of people are like oh, you got the best job. You just paint for a living, and it's it's cool. Yeah, it's awesome. But to be honest, probably seventy percent of my job's still on a computer doing emails and quotes and invoices and concepts mm. and 
you know, all this stuff that's not what I actually want to do, is, which is paint, you know? Yeah, yeah. Do you make, do you carve out time each day to get some drawing or painting done? Yeah, if I can. Um, it's just, yeah, I'm one of those guys, I, I take on probably more than I should. Mm. Um, I'm learning, I'm getting better at that. But, uh, you know, I'll be doing back-to-back all-nighters and trying to squeeze stuff in in between. And then, obviously, still want to get my couple of pieces done for the week as well. Mm. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's a juggling act, that's for sure. Yeah. And how do you go about drumming up business? Um, to be honest, it's pretty much all just word of mouth. Um, don't really advertise. I mean, I've got the website, but we don't really push that. It's never paid for like Google stuff or anything to get good ratings on that. We just, yeah, I just kind of figure if I do a good job, always act professional, always, you know, give the best finish I can. That's how you're going to get work because people talk, they'll tell their friends. Um, yeah. So, and obviously also seeing stuff out there, applying for tenders, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Do you find that because most of the work you do is in public places that people just see that and go, oh, wow. Oh, that? dude, yeah, 100%. Like, yeah, most of my work's probably for me painting on the street, handing out a card here or there. Mm-hmm. And you might not hear from them for six months, a year or three years or whatever, but, you know, they've still got your card, they'll still give you a call. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Do you, um, do, you do much uh, gallery work or anything like that? Um, I mean, I used to, when we, when we ran the gallery, it was kind of a, a thing I was really interested in pushing and trying to make a living as a fine artist. Um, but after a bit, I just kind of got over it. It's really hard in Australia to make a living as purely a fine artist. Um, some dudes do it really well, but for me, it was kind of, I'd either have to totally change my style because no one really wants to pay money for graffiti (laughs) or um yeah it's as soon as you're charging more than like three four hundred bucks people just it's hard for them to justify that that kind of money on a piece of art whereas i guess commissioned art it's a little different because you're painting what they want so they feel like they're the 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 money's a bit more justified maybe Hmm. do you find like do if you like went down a uh, fine art career though it's almost like you've got to market yourself as a fine artist to oh true to raise your prices and yeah sell 100%. Your paintings. yeah that's it man i, I yeah. could i could have um stopped painting graph you know five six years ago and just concentrated on you know painting dogs every day forever <laughs> and i'd be the famous dog guy you know like <laughs> but it's i don't know man it's it's something that uh, it's not really for me, I guess. I've, I've had a crack at it. I still love doing art and I still um, still love doing canvases and stuff like that. And look, I think I'm going to try and have a show next year. I haven't had a solo show for probably five or six years now. So mm. it's something I'm looking at doing next year, but it's going to be, um, if it all works out, it's going to be totally removed from the gallery scene, I guess. It's going to be its own kind of entity. Yeah. A lot of people are doing that too now. Much. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's like it's sort of self-initiated, self-funded. Yeah, I mean, well, that's it. Um, like, you know, not... Just, yeah. You know. I mean, if you've got a decent network, you don't really need a gallery. You know, I mean, a gallery is only good if they're bringing in clients and potential buyers that you don't have yourself. If they're just a space that you're going to have all your mates there anyway, then why give them 50% when you can just do it yourself? Yeah. 
Do you find it um like easier to work on a uh, a large scale than a small scale? Um, oh, like realism stuff or? Well, just like say like for me personally, if someone gave me a wall to paint, yep, or a uh, canvas to paint, and it was like the canvas was what no like half a meter by half a meter or whatever, yep. and the wall was six meter square. Yeah, I could probably paint the wall quicker than I could paint the canvas oh, because yeah, the materials <laughs> and how I go about doing it and um. Like they'll they'll come out different. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, totally, man. And I like I guess especially with me with the realism and the the spray stuff, it's it lends itself to being big. Mm-hmm. You can't really compress it too small because then it doesn't work. You yeah. know, it's it it only works at a certain scale, and then if you try and minimize it down, it just yeah doesn't translate. So you end up using airbrush or you end up using different materials, and then it's doesn't have the same feel i guess mm-hmm. um so yeah i guess that's another reason why i've probably steered away from the gallery canvas kind of thing because my works i'm pushing it more to large-scale mural stuff so to translate that back down into a small scale is probably not really doable or not the way i want to do it mm. yeah like, you, you, you don't use brushes or anything like that? You just... I do, like... the aerosol? If I do, you know, if I do, like, graffiti, I do some commission kind of letter-based graph canvases and stuff like that, and I always use brushes for those because I find get a much nicer result than, than just with markers and stuff. So, I mean, I, I'm into that, but then also I don't really want to go down the path of realism with brushes because then suddenly you're in that realm of, like, you know, all these dudes have been doing acrylic realism for fucking 50 years and are just masters of it. And I don't want to, I don't feel like I'm in that category. I'm, I'm a master with a spray can, but not with a brush. Mm. So do you feel like you've carved out your own style? Like as far as painting realism and by yeah. scale? Yeah, I think I do. I've, I've, I paint it differently than most people I know. I, um, I kind of, I'm a bit looser with it. I don't, I try not to paint it too hyper real. I try and make it a bit softer, a bit more, try and use the spray can, I guess, for its best effect, which is spray, you know, that kind of dusting effect. So yeah, I find um, my style is a bit more, you know, up close, it kind of looks just like a mess, but when you stand back, it all kind of comes together. Whereas other guys are more like every single hair is painted, that kind of stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And do you have like a favorite piece or project that you've worked on? Um, uh, I guess anything, I mean, my passion's probably, you know, the wildlife native stuff at the moment. So, um, Adelaide Zoo was an amazing project and, um, doing stuff at Melbourne Zoo at the moment, which is, was really cool too. Um, and then I've got a few projects coming up, uh, with some, uh, groups that are doing, um, kind of, uh, revegetation and, and programs to help, um, certain animals back into the wild. So doing some murals based around that. Mm. Guess something that I feel like I can give back a bit to the communities as well. Yeah, you know, especially these festivals, stuff like that. You know, you're coming into a town, you're painting a big wall. I feel like it's only right to make it relevant to that community in some sense. You know, like make it a gift to them as as a way of, and also of you doing your own thing. You know. Yeah, yeah. I think it's important that um, you know when. Yeah, when you are in somewhere that's completely foreign to you, you can't. You don't just bowl up and just do your, your thing. You know. Yeah. You can, I mean, you, you can, can, but well, you can do your style, but yeah. d- but sort of just think about who's going to be viewing it and yeah, 
and the context, you know, it's, look, I'm a, I'm a graph head. I love graffiti, man, but doesn't necessarily need to exist everywhere. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. It's, um, it's one of those things like, yeah, there's, there's a time and a place, you know, for for everything. Mm. And do you find that when you're doing back to back jobs, like you get the the urge to go out and just paint a loose piece. Oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. And get in, like in an adventurous location and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, Or just away from people, really. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> just you know, in your own little zone. Yeah, I find that like even though you're doing a job that might be highly creative, and like they push your art and all that type of stuff, and it's you got a hundred percent creative freedom. Even though you're doing it for someone else, there's sort of I know there's something that gives you this urge to go out and go. I want to paint something that's yeah. entirely on my terms. Well, it's that it's that expectation, you know. It's like yeah. as soon as you're doing something for someone else, or you're doing something, even just doing a legal wall on the, in public, you know, it's that expectation that you're not going to draw a giant dick on there and you're not going to do something offensive, you know. Yeah. Like, not that I want to do that, but I kind of feel like I should be allowed to do that, <laughs> you yeah. know. Like, so it's yeah, it's that difference between feeling like you've got to please someone or something and just doing whatever the fuck you want and just paying what you want when you want if it looks like crap you do a throw up over it and walk away you know like it's i guess yeah it's totally different experience totally different freedom and look and even just that whole like walking down track sides at night it's it's like meditation you know it's you're in your own little world you don't have to deal with any of this crap you know it's like it's weird i had a conversation with um yeah, Casino mm-hmm. from Brisbane. It was, a, it was like years ago, but it's stuck in my head. And it's, um, we are painting a legal wall together. And he said, that's a nice uh, painting of graffiti you've done. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean? He's like, well, it's not real graffiti because we're like, we're allowed to be here and all this. And it's like, oh yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. He's like, it's sort of like a, a painting of graffiti. Because yeah. when you're doing real graffiti, you got the heart pounding, you're looking over yeah, your shoulder, yeah, yeah. You're, you're not where you're meant to be, yeah. you're, you're being rebellious, you know. But when you've got this like legal wall where you can spend all day, all you're really doing is is painting a picture of graffiti. Yeah, yeah, no, that's yeah. true. It's yeah. interesting. Yeah. It's, um, I like that. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it's sort of really stuck with me because people would be like, you know, have, people have like graph careers that are based all to soft painting legal walls and they've really developed their style and they've honed in on on something truly unique and yeah. everyone's loving it and it's like hang on this guy's never actually done any graffiti in his life <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, just yeah, yeah, he's yeah. just mastered uh, the, style the style of graffiti to mimic graffiti yeah you know? yeah yeah no totally man yeah. totally and it happens all the time you see it every day yeah and I think, and dudes like that, for me, I don't, I don't hate on them because I feel sorry for them, man, because they miss out on what it is to be a writer, you know, like, you just, just that hunger, you know, and that, that drive to get up and, and to, to paint, you know, mm. I think it's something, if you don't have that side and grow up with that illegal kind of edge, then you'll never have the same drive as you would as, you know, when you grow up and and kind of try and legitimize it yeah totally yeah it's like um as you get older you can't like you know keep going 100 percent at it like some people do you know some people do like, man yeah and it's great to see when you go to a city and the most up dude is you know been paying for four generations it's really cool to see you know mm. yeah have, have you like um 
have you ever, I've, I've experienced this a few times where you'll be watching someone on the internet and go, oh, you know, he's from that city or whatever. Yeah. And think that, you know, a lot of the pieces and all that will just be from like tucked away locations yeah, and chill yeah, spots yeah, yeah, and all yeah. that. And you get to the city and the dude is absolutely crushed. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. oh, good. I like you so much more now. Yeah, Because you know, yeah, totally, you've man. got that style and all that. Totally. And you see the locations that's actually all done in it. It's like, man, this, this guy's Well, really I guess cool. that's, I mean, and that's the other thing with like Instagram, all this shit, you know, it's, it's kind of a fake reality because, mm. you know, like, for example, I don't post anything really illegal on my Instagram but I still do it, but it becomes not a reality then because I'm not posting it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, if you don't post it, it didn't happen. <laughs> I think that's bullshit. I've heard, I've heard so many people say that. If you don't post it, it didn't happen. It's like, fuck off, you know? No, nah, I'd rather it's not like... post stuff. To be honest, man, I've been just holding back a lot of shit these days just because, yeah, it's, I'd, I'd rather people go and find it themselves, man. You know, yeah. like, but not even that. It's like you you lived it and you experienced it. Someone yeah. saying that that's a, a false reality because you didn't yeah. put it on, on the internet. Yeah. It's like, come on. Yeah, oh, totally, man. <laughs> totally. You know. But anyway, you um, like you paint a lot of like photorealism. Like um, like what motivated you to sort of develop that style? Um, well, I did uh, in high school. I did like a airbrush course. Um bloke came to the school and we all uh had a crack and um yeah i really really kind of took a took a real passion towards it and was kind of good at it and he showed us a bit of te- few techniques about rendering and basically how to you know use a grid that kind of stuff to get an image large scale um and i guess from there i kind of took those those you know small lessons and and ran with it mm. but i mean was a long time before I did anything that I was even remotely happy with. Did a lot of really bodgy portraits and, you know, monged out looking faces and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's it's one of those things, man. It's the same with the graph. You just keep at it and eventually get good at it and learn different techniques and ways of making life easier for you. Yeah. So was it hard to, like, get the, you know, get good at it? Yeah, definitely. It's It's still hard, you know. It's it's such a different thing from graffiti mm. because I guess graffiti for me, especially it's, it's something that's just kind of coming out of my head mm. and I change it and do what I want with it based on what my brain's telling me. Whereas realism, it's, this is the image I'm trying to replicate. So I'm always, I mean, although I'll still put my own touches to it, it's still that concentration of looking at that image, looking at the wall, looking at that image, looking at the wall, and you know you, everything you, you're thinking the whole time you know whereas i think graffiti for me i guess my brain's a little bit less full of crap <laughs> when i'm doing it yeah you focus on like each layer or yeah whatever. yeah you know, yeah, I'm just yeah, filling yeah. In. yeah. Uh, you know. it's like if i'm doing a piece of like oh, i don't like that bit i'll put a bubble there i'll mm. add an extra arrow there because i think it needs it or blah 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 you know so it's yeah it's a bit more um a bit more free i guess mm. So when, when you paint realism, do you look at a, a photo or something and break it down into shapes and shades and color? Like like if you're drawing an eye, you don't go, oh, this is what an eye looks like. You actually go, oh, hang on, there's yeah. a, little, there's a guess, bit there and a bit there. And I guess that's kind of one of the big things I find is you just got to trust trust the image that you're working from. Mm-hmm. You know, if 
if there's some weird color in there, put it in there, you know, don't just ignore it because you think a tree's brown, but you know, the photo says there's bits of pink and purple in the tree, you know, do it. That's what'll make it look real. Yeah. And what about like um, scale and proportion? Like, do you, you know, you work off a grid? Yeah, I work so, off a grid and I've been trying lately to work off a bit more of a loose grid where I'm just doing some random shapes on the wall. And it's, you know, it's one of those things, the more you travel, the more guys you meet doing that, you find out different techniques. But it's also kind of funny because they're all basically the same technique. It's just different applications of it. Mm. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've tried a projector a few times as well. It's not really for me. Don't really enjoy the result I get from it. I end up just having a million lines on the wall and not knowing what's what. I'd rather draw it on myself because then I'm actually drawing the lines I need for myself to paint it as opposed to every line that's not even relevant. Yeah. So once you're um, like sketched up, you got your grid, you've marked up, do you just use like um, color like color and technique, like spray effects or like to just get the desired effect? Yeah, basically I'll just, um, I find the grid as well helps me a lot because I kind of almost paint it square by square. Mm-hmm. So it helps my brain just focus on one small section without you know, looking at this massive wall and this massive image and just getting like overwhelmed by it all. So yeah, it's just breaking it down into small sections and then working out which colors and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, having the right paint and the right colors makes a massive difference. You know, it's, you can do it, but it's really hard, man. I've had to do it a lot of times where you're kind of mixing colors on the wall to get the right color where instead of if you just had the right color in the first place, you know? Yeah. Do you, do you look up to um, other photorealistic photo painters as well? Like, have you got, like, people who are doing similar things to you, like large-scale murals? Or yeah, yeah, like definitely, man. It's like, wow, look how they're, they're doing it. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously a heap in Melbourne, good mates with Smug in, um, in, over in the UK. And, I mean, all these guys, they're, everyone does it differently, but they're doing it the same as well, I guess. So you're all feeding off each other and... And I guess it's just that whole thing, man. It's the same with graph. You see other people doing stuff, you want to do it better and you want to push it harder. So it's, it's that motivation thing, you know, and just kind of trying to step it up. Mm. And like you, you paint a lot of animals. Was there something that drew you to paint animals? Um, oh, I guess a lot of reasons. I've always loved animals, always loved nature, going, you know, exploring in the bush and running around as a kid. Um, and I guess for me with you know with my parents and stuff i don't really have a strong link to any other real country in the world apart from australia so and i'm you know i'm not indigenous or anything like that so i can't really i don't the the strongest cultural link i have to this country is through the wildlife and through the you know the animals and the trees and all that stuff so i guess that's why i kind of focused on it and it's also i really enjoy painting it i enjoy the the colors and the shapes and find it's a lot easier than painting man-made stuff because you know a tree can kind of do what it wants whereas a building is straight and you know like it's i find it a bit more free and um same with animals too it's it's a bit more forgiving i guess than doing like portraits of people especially like famous people i have to look exactly like that person it's i've done a few like you know memorial stuff for people who passed away and so much stress man like painting a portrait of someone that has to look spot on because you know just change one line or one little thing here and it just totally ruins it so i find that yeah animals are are something i much prefer and 
I guess living here, man, we've got such amazing wildlife. It's crazy not to try and focus on it. Mm. And you're never going to run out of like species nah. and all that type of stuff either. And also just trying to focus on stuff that's kind of endangered or threatened or, you know, locally based in that area where I am to try and, you know, educate some people as well. Yeah. And when you travel, do you like look at the local wildlife and like if you're going to paint a mural somewhere, you know, outside of Australia, yep. you, you, you look at the local wildlife. Oh, for sure, man. I mean, ideally, I'd love, you know, the best situation is to go to the place for a week or two before you even work out what you're going to paint. So mm. you get time to you know, take it all in. Otherwise, yeah, I'm just sitting on the computer researching. But that's good. That's great. You can get some really cool stuff. But actually being there, I think you, you get a bit better of an understanding and, and talking to the locals and stuff like that and seeing what's important to them. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, because even researching for the mural I've just completed mm. here, it's like I was researching online. And what you're getting is this like... um tourist version of yeah what's yeah totally to the city yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. i got i got to- taken around by a local indigenous guy yeah and he was telling me what's truly what's important. actually important it's actually yeah. important it's like <laughs> oh cool this is you know i said oh what about this building it's like oh yeah it's important if you know and like if people the people who <laughs> get it you know the gray nomads might yeah know, yeah, get yeah, it. yeah, yeah if you're a true local this is the stuff that really matters and it's like all right i'm gonna bring all that into my mural yeah exactly yeah. man and that's I think that's a really important thing about these festivals is, you know, having your stuff, have a sense of place. Yeah. So, like, um, you've really carved out your own style for painting animals. Like, when I see one of your walls, I know that you've done it. Yep. Like, is that something you've been trying to do? Like, um, say, you know, anyone can paint an animal, but this is how I do it. And yeah, like definitely, man. Something. Definitely. And I guess that's, that's what you want. And it's the same, you know, it's the same with your graph. I guess it's coming again back to that that thing of you want to stand out and you want to have a unique style and you don't want your work to look like anyone else's, you know? And I'm still trying to push it, man. I still am trying to find my way and my, you know, my technique that is going to make me stand out against the others, you know? So it's it's a constant progression and constant ex- exploration, you know, and just trying new things. And I guess, yeah, the one of the big things, especially with my graph, man, once I got to a point where I don't care if I if I destroy a piece, if I, as long as I'm trying some new shit, then that's kind of more important, you know? So yeah, you're only going to really evolve if you experiment. Yeah. Like I've seen you also paint like a lot of different things, like other than animals yep. and graffiti. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, like do you, if a client comes to you, can you like paint pretty much anything they ask? Yeah. Well, I mean, I try That's, that's kind of what I pride myself on is that I can basically paint, any photo that you give me as long as it's big enough you know as long as i can the wall's big enough and the photos are decent enough quality for me to see it and you know i get myself into some crazy situations where i'm painting some stupidly detailed crap but you know i I view it as a challenge and it's um it's really rewarding at the end of it when you walk away yeah and do you have any um like up-and-coming projects on the go yeah i mean um currently at the zoo um and then, yeah, as I mentioned, a few projects I've got coming up in uh, in Melbourne or up in Victoria, sorry, where we're doing some work with um, some endangered animal societies as well. Um, and then, yeah, just the normal kind of backyard jobs and stuff like that. But that's the thing, man. You know, it's like, who knows what next week will hold? Who knows what tomorrow's emails will be? You know, like, you just don't know 
what's around the corner because that's why I kind of love it. You know, it's always interesting. You just, yeah, you don't know what the next job's going to be. Yeah, it's a great way to work, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's scary, you know, because you, you don't have that. There's no like, all right, I'm getting paid this much this week. You know, like there's no reliable income, but there's also every job's different, every day's different. So you're mm. not kind of getting into that routine where it's just like, oh, same shit every day, you know? Yeah, yeah. But there's also scope to make a couple of months worth of income in a few weeks. Oh, totally, man. And then, yeah. and then you can you know, whatever happens in those couple of months, like you could tee up some like more really big projects. Yeah, definitely, man, definitely. Yeah. And it's one of those things, the more you do and the more you work, the more you get because people see you doing it, you know, Mm. and they're like, oh, you know, I'll give them a call. Mm. Well, you're not on this like hourly pay treadmill as well. Nah. And look, I think it's really important too to to not get stuck into that trap where you only paint for money Mm. because... I think you end up just getting stuck in a thing you don't really want to do. And for me, I'd always try and make time to paint for myself. Mm. And, you know, especially in public, man, it's like if you get given a big wall, do it top to bottom, man. Because even if you have to pay for your own scissor lift and do this shit, it's like that's going to put you on the map. And that'll give you the opportunity to then get paid to paint those big walls. But no one's going to do that unless you do it yourself first. Exactly. Yeah. Do you um do you find that people request things that are um like outside your comfort zone? Oh, all the time. And you know, I used to when I was starting out, I'd take on every job. Mm. But now, you know, I'm getting better at you know either saying no or saying I don't think I'm the right artist for this, but try this guy or try this girl. You know, like mm. so it's um yeah, it's it's definitely getting to a point where I'm trying to only take on stuff that. I feel I can, you know, give the best result. Yeah, totally. So uh, if people want to check out your art, like where's yep. the best place for them to find you online? Uh, good old Instagram, at uh, deviate, or uh, the website's uh, graphicscreative.com, so G-R-A-F-F-I-X-C-R-E-A-T-I-V-E.com. Cool. All right, well, thanks for uh, taking the time. It's been good to no catch No dramas, up. mate. We'll get back out into this heat. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm done, mate. <laughs> I'm living the Hilton life. You smart ass. <laughs> All right, thanks. No dramas, mate. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. To find out more about today's guest, go to benchtalkpodcast.com. There you'll find all previous episodes and images of the guest's artwork. Also, follow us on Instagram, bench underscore talk. There you can keep up to date with all things that are happening with the podcast. Bench Talk's also streaming on SoundCloud and Facebook. Just simply search for Bench Talk Podcast. Or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. While you're there, don't forget to rate and review. It helps get the word out. And if you like the podcast, don't forget to tell a friend. Thanks again for tuning in and stay tuned for next week's episode. Bye.